my friend. Sure. It's good to be here. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you all this morning. And I don't know. Let me ask this real quickly before we get started. Is there anyone with us now that was in the eight uh, the eight thirty service? Anybody that was with us in the eight thirty service? Okay, we got one or two here. Um, <clears throat> you'll uh, just humor me, okay? And just as I tell my jokes, you just laugh anyway, even though you've heard them already. Amen. Um, it's good to see you all this this morning. It's good to be here at White Oak Baptist Church. And uh, what an absolute blessing it is that you have uh, this wonderful church here in this area. Uh, you all are blessed. And I know you know that already, uh, but it, it, it's always good to be reminded of how, how blessed you are. And we come from uh, our churches in northern New York, or as your pastor has said, southern Canada. That's what we refer to it as. Uh, we're just 20, 20, 25 minutes from Canada, and there's a lot of Canadian influence where we are. And I say to folks, <clears throat> I say, if you drive uh, on 90 heading west towards Buffalo, uh, obviously before you get to Buffalo, you, you, you reach uh, 81 and you get, you get on 81 and head north. Uh, you head past Syracuse. You go about an hour and a half past Syracuse. You hit a town called Watertown. Uh, shortly after that, you get on US 11 and you drive for another hour and 45 minutes. And you get to an area that's basically in the middle of nowhere. You make a right, you're in Parisville. Amen. Uh, that's where we're from. We're from Parrishville, New York. Uh, it's out in the sticks. Uh, it's rural. And I say to folks, there's probably more cows around than there are people. Uh, and so nonetheless, that's where the Lord has planted us. And that's where we are ministering. And uh, we are blessed to be there. We have a, a great uh, family, church family that is back home and we are missing them today. But I want to tell you all this morning, you're blessed. You're blessed of the Lord. Uh, the Lord has been good to White Oak Baptist Church. Uh, the Lord has been good to, to your pastor and, and his wife, uh, and man, you're blessed to have him. He's blessed to have you, and I hope and pray that this community will be blessed as a result as, uh, of you all serving the Lord together, and we're excited to see what the Lord is going to do and what he has already done uh, here at White Oak Baptist Church. I hope I can be an encouragement and a blessing uh, to you. Uh, if you will, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. Ask the uh, crowd at the earlier service, I I don't know what is your normal routine, uh, and I don't know what you all normally do as far as scripture reading, but I try to give a little bit of respect to the Word of God, and so if you are able, I ask that you stand uh, as we read verses 1 through 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. The Bible says there, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ. And I want you to notice the word ministers. We're going to focus on that quite a bit this morning. Uh, Ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, and yet am I not, not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. And let's bow together for a prayer, and we'll ask the Lord to bless the preaching of his word. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you. We praise your holy name. We give unto you, Lord, the glory that is due unto your name. And Father, we realize that without your blessing, without uh, your intervening in our lives, Lord, we would not be here today. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you sought us out. Lord, you searched for us. Lord, you sent your son to die in our place. Lord, you bankrupted heaven, Lord, so that we might have a relationship with you. And, Father, we're so grateful for that. Lord, we pray this morning that you would forgive us of sins. 
Uh, forgive us of anything that would hinder our fellowship and our worship of you today. Help us to please you in all that we say and do. Lord, I pray for First Baptist Church in Parrishville, New York. We pray that you be with them uh, as they get ready to start their morning service. Lord, we pray you bless and uh, speak through uh, the missionary that will be speaking there this morning. Lord, help them to have a, a, an encouraging service. And Lord, we pray that you bless here at White Oak Baptist Church this morning. Help us, Lord, to be stirred. Help us, Lord, to be encouraged. Help us, Lord, to be challenged from your word. May we honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, I want to tell you a little bit about myself and my wife. And my wife and I, uh, we are, uh, we've been together now. We've been married uh, 23, almost 24 years. And we got married straight out of high school. And uh, we, we went to the same high school for all four years. Uh, we did not know each other for the first three years. Uh, we met our senior year of high school. Now, the way that we met was pretty interesting. Uh, we, we did not know each other, but we had a mutual friend. Uh, his name was Ronnie Green. Ronnie Green was a fellow that I played football with on the football team, and uh, he knew me, uh, and he knew Trina, but he, we did not know each other. Uh, and so uh, he, Ronnie Green comes to me, and he's trying to play Cupid and say, hey, you know, I, I, there's this girl that I know that uh, would, it seems like you all would hit it off really well, and I'd like to, you know, hook you guys up and, and put you on a, on a, on a blind date. How many of us here have been on a blind date? Anybody been on a blind date? All right. And so uh, he says, hey, I'd like to, you know, set up a date for you and this girl named Trina. I said, I said, Ronnie, no, you know, I, I'd rather not do that. I, I don't want to go on a blind date. I don't want to go out with someone that I've never met before, don't know. And he said, well, trust me, Pedro, you want to go on this date. I mean, this girl is pretty. She's, she's got a nice personality. Uh, she's, you know, you will like this girl. And, and he talked me into it. I said, okay. Uh, I said, I'll try it. I said, I don't really want to, but, but I'll give it. He says, listen, this is, what I, this is what I'll do. He says, if you go there, if you go to pick her up and, and when she comes out and she meets you and you meet her and, and she's not pretty and she's not everything that I tell you that she is, if you don't like what you see, then just pretend that you're having an asthma attack. And I looked at him and I said, what? He says, you know, if she comes to the door and, and she's ugly and she's not all I'm telling you that she is and you don't like what you see and just, you know, pretend <laughs> and, you know, pretend you're having an asthma attack and tell her, hey, you know, you, you can't go on the date and, you you know, you, you call it off. I said, man, you're crazy. He says, yeah, I'm telling you, I've done this. It works. I said, OK, I'll give it a shot. And so uh, the day comes, I agree to go on the date, I, I go to Trina's house, I knock on the door, and, 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 and Trina comes out, and man, she's everything that he said and more. I mean, I'm just like, wow, this is going to be great, this is, be- she's beautiful, she- this is going to be a great date. And, and I look at her, and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> and she pretends to have a, <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I said to the earlier service, I said, that didn't actually happen, but it's a really funny joke, amen? <laughs> Jokes always go over better when you actually use people's names, uh, even though you're kind of lying. But nonetheless, uh, we did go to the same high school. We did not know each other until our senior year. That's not exactly how we met. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I thank the Lord for my wife. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Uh, and I found a great, great thing. Uh, 23, almost 24 years ago, and I thank the Lord for her and her support. Now, uh, I know your pastor, and I know uh, your pastor's wife, and, and we were part of their wedding, and he had mentioned earlier that I had completely forgotten that I was the interpreter. I was the translator for their wedding service. I was translating as Pastor Tool, who, who married him, our, our former pastor in Baltimore. Uh, he was speaking in English, and then I would translate into Spanish. 
And uh, I, I for, had forgotten all about that. I thought that was awesome. And praise the Lord. We got some good memories uh, of our time with uh, Pastor Lejeune and uh, the times that we met him and his family. And they're just dear to our hearts. We love them. And uh, you got a good man. You got a good man here. Uh, do your best to, to love on him. I know he will love on you. And all of you together will love the Lord Jesus Christ and lead as many people to him as you can. Uh, I encourage you to do that. First uh, Corinthians chapter four. We're looking at a true servant. A true servant. Now, Paul has been uh, just trying to help this church. We all know, if you know Scripture, you know the Corinthian church was a mess. I mean, in chapter 3, he's trying to help them to understand. Uh, as some were saying, I'm of, a, I'm of Paul. Others were saying, I'm of Apollos. And the ones that were really smug, they said, well, I'm of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, listen, that's not how it should be in the church. Uh, there should be unity. There should be harmony. Let's stop having these divisions and these factions and, and schisms. Hey, don't be that way. Uh, work together to serve the Lord together in harmony and unity. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that tonight uh, in the service, uh, being in harmony and, and the results of a church working in harmony. But nonetheless, the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, you have divisions. You have this crowd over here uh, saying, you know, we want things done this way. And then this crowd over here saying, we want things done this way. And this crowd over here thinking that they're above everyone else. And you have divisions and schisms and cliques in the church. Now, I know your church doesn't have cliques. Amen. Uh, but I, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic when I say that uh, every church has cliques. Every church has little uh, factions here, and, and these certain people hang out with these people, and these certain people over here hang out with these people, and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with cliques necessarily. Uh, the problem with a clique is when they become exclusive. Well, this is us. You, you don't belong. Excluding people. Uh, you, you know, treating people as if they're not good enough to be part of the fellowship. Uh, and that's where it's wrong. That's what was happening in Corinth. Uh, they were having schisms and cliques and, and I'm, we're these people and, and we're not of you. You're different than us and we don't want to participate. We don't want to act, you know, we don't want to get along with you. And it was causing problems in the church. And the Apostle Paul says, hey, you need to cut that out. Stop that. If you're going to reach your full potential for the Lord individually and corporately, you have to work together. You have to be in harmony. That doesn't mean that uh, we dot every I and cross every T exactly the same. That doesn't mean that we agree and see eye to eye on everything. Uh, but we need to make sure that we agree and see eye to eye on the major things, okay? Uh, the doctrinal things. The virgin birth of Christ. Uh, the deity of Christ. Uh, the, 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 the blood atonement. Uh, salvation by grace through faith. Uh, there's going to be things that, hey, we're going to agree uh, or, or we're not going to be able to get along. Uh, how can two walk together except they be agreed? But there's minor things. There's gray area things. Uh, there's some uh, some things that are smaller that people will will fuss and feud over and fight about uh, and split and splinter the church. Uh, we've all heard stories of churches uh, having splits over the color of the carpet. Well, some people want it this color, and this group over here wants it that color, and they split over that. Uh, we just recently had our pews. Uh, you all have very, very nice pews and padded pews. Well, when we went to our church in, in Parishville, New York there, uh, they had wooden pews. Wooden pews. That's what, They had had wooden pews for the whole history of the church. And, and so I said, hey, we need to get some padding on these pews. And, and so we had a meeting, and uh, it was pretty expensive to get them done. And so uh, we talked about that. We, we voted it in, and no one asked a bunch of questions. And I said, okay, let's pray so we can dismiss, because uh, I don't like having business meetings, because they turn into bickering meetings. And so I'd rather have uh, one a year if possible. Needless to say, uh, at the end of the, the, the meeting, and, and we're getting ready to dismiss, uh, a lady way in the back, she raises her hand, 
And I said, yes, Miss Blank. And she says, well, I just have one question, Pastor. I said, yes, what's, what's your question? She says, what color, what color are we picking for the pew covering, the, the cushions on the pews? I said, oh, I'm, I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I was hoping no one would ask because here's my fear. My fear is, well, this person's going to want it this color and this person want to get that color and this one. And then it's going to turn into a big argument. And I said, well, we have one person who I'm, who I trust. Uh, who knows a whole lot more about decorating than I do, than any of us do, uh, and that person is going to pick the color, my wife will be picking the color. Amen. Uh, needless to say, uh, it turned out beautifully. They look great. But, but there's churches where they'll hash it out. They'll talk about it. And after a while, it's no longer talking. Now it's debating. Then it goes from talking to debating. Then it goes to the next level, which is arguing. And then they're arguing, and then they're, they're feuding and fussing and fighting. And, and, and listen, a church that's fussing and feuding and fighting will never win people to Christ. They're too busy tr- trying to figure out their next argument. They're too busy trying to uh, prove someone wrong or someone right. They're too busy trying to figure out how to outduel. I'm, I'm going to fall off this uh, platform. Uh, outduel. Good thing it's not very far to go. Uh, outduel the next person. Uh, and that, that church can't reach its full potential because they're too busy fighting and feuding and fussing with one another. Uh, and we see that a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's not their attitude. That's not their spirit. And the Apostle Paul says in chapter 3, you have that divisive spirit. In chapter 4, he says, instead of having that spirit, instead of having that attitude, this is the attitude you should have. The attitude of a minister. The attitude of a servant. All right. Uh, we see point number one. We see the definition of a servant. Uh, he gives them, he gives the, the, the church at Corinth and to you and I, the definition of a servant. Look at verse number one. First Corinthians chapter four, verse one. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers, the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, when you and I think of the word minister, uh, we think of men like Pastor Lejeune. Uh, we think of men that sit up on the platform and, and men that moderate the service and men that open the word of God and, and expound the truths of God. And, and we think of uh, people with titles and people with offices and people. That's what we think of when we think of a minister. We think of a missionary. We think of an evangelist. We think of a, a preacher, a pastor. That's what we think of when we think of ministers. But listen, uh, all of those people are ministers, but they're not the only ones that are ministers. The people that sit in the pews are also ministers. You're a minister. I'm a minister because we're saved, not because we have a title. We're a minister Uh, because we know the Lord is our savior. We're a minister. We're a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let me help you understand that. Now, I brought this uh, this canoe or this paddle thing here. And this is what I used to keep my wife in line. Amen. Uh, No, of course. Uh, so, so this paddle, I brought this because uh, in this, in our passage in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we see the word ministers, ministers of Christ. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing, he wasn't writing in English, uh, and he wrote a word that was, uh, what we have translated ministers is huperites. And that word, and, and again, I'm not saying I know Greek, okay, because I barely can speak English correctly, and my Spanish is even worse, so I'm not trying to say I know Greek, but uh, it helps us to understand this word minister. This word minister, huperites, uh, they were the under rowers. Now you think, well, what are you talking about? What's the under rower? Okay, uh, how many of you have seen the movie Ben-Hur? You seen the movie Ben-Hur? 
Okay, I've seen the movie Ben-Hur. Uh, and in that movie, there's a, there's a, a scene where uh, the, the fella, uh, 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 what's his name again? Uh, Judah, Judah Ben-Hur. Judah Ben-Hur, uh, he's been taken captive uh, and he's placed in a, a ship. Uh, you remember that? He's placed in a ship underneath uh, that compartment, underneath the, the top level of the ship. Uh, and he's there and he's made to become, he's chained. Uh, he's chained as a slave in that galley of those galley ships. Uh, and he has to put his hands on an oar and he has to row. He's an under, under rower. That's what the word huperites, that's translated in our Bible, minister, it's a huperites. It's an under rower. Under rower. Now, the under rowers, okay, they were slaves. Uh, they were chained uh, to a, a bench. Uh, they had to put their hands uh, on that oar, uh, uh, on that, uh, on that uh, paddle, that big, long paddle, that oar. And, and they had to row to make that ship go. Row to make that ship move. Row to get that vessel, that, that, that ship where it needed to go, uh, wherever the captain dictated. But listen, their job was not to figure out where the ship's going. Their job was not to figure out how fast the ship should go. Their job was not to figure out when to stop, when to go. Their job was to, was to row. That was their job. Row and row and row and row and keep on rowing. Listen, they were the huperities. They were the under rowers. The worker bees, that's what we are. Uh, we're the ministers of Christ. Uh, we're the servants of the Lord. We are the under rowers. We are the ones that row to help propel the kingdom of God where he wants it to go. That's our job. That's what we do. Uh, that's, and I say we on purpose. That's not just the people that sit and stand on the platform. That's everyone. That's you and you and you, and you, and I don't know any of you, so it doesn't matter who I point at, amen? You, and you, at our church I couldn't point, you know what I mean? <laughs> they think I'm pointing them out. No, no, no. And that's everyone, that's every last one of us, all of us that are saved, we're all ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and Paul gives us five different aspects uh, of the under rower uh, that can apply to us in our Christian walk. All right, so uh, under, under the definition of a servant, uh, we see that we must keep time. We must keep time. Uh, if you've seen the movie uh, Ben-Hur, you know that in those galley ships, those slaves that were in the, that compartment underneath and those under rowers, uh, they would have at the front of the ship, they would have a man sitting there beating on a drum. Y'all remember that scene? The man was beating on the drum. Uh, and the under rowers had to beat at the pace that that man was beating. If he started to beat faster, they were to row faster. If he started to beat slower, they were to be, uh, to row slower. If he stopped beating, they were to stop rowing. Uh, they were to follow him. I, I like how your pastor mentioned, uh, he heard the message this morning, and, uh, and I didn't point this out, but it, he very, very uh, intently noticed this, and I, I think it's great. Uh, the Lord is the captain of the ship. He's the one determining the direction. Uh, the pastor... Okay, the Lord is the captain of the church. The pastor is the one that beats the drum and says, hey, let's move faster, let's move slower, let's stop, let's go. Uh, I thought that was a very good point. I'm going to add it to my notes, amen. Uh, and so, uh, but he's the pastor. And we are the servants, the ministers. We're the rowers, man. We're to row. When God says go, we go. When God says stop, we stop. When God says go faster, we go faster. When God says go slower, we go slower. Uh, when God says 
We do, because he's Lord, he's master, he is the captain. Now, we're to keep time. Okay, look at verse number 3 of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you, uh, or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. Look at the last phrase of verse 4. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Hey, the Lord is the one that I have to answer to. The Lord is the one who's the captain. The Lord is the one. And yes, obviously we understand that there are uh, uh, human authorities that God has put in place. Uh, a pastor of a church, a king or a president of a country. Uh, we understand that. But we submit to the Lord through them. We're loyal to the Lord through. As long as the pastor, okay, and I say this to our church, I say, as long as I'm not being immoral, I'm not being unscriptural, and I'm not doing anything illegal, God expects you to, to submit to the authority of the pastor. Are y'all with me? I told the earlier crowd, when I touch my ear, that I'm expecting an amen or some kind of response, okay? Uh, so, as long as your pastor is not being immoral, uh, he's not doing anything illegal, and he's not doing anything unscriptural, you are to submit to the authority of the pastor to the Lord through your pastor. Amen. All right. I'll take that check later. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> uh, needless to say, listen, we have those human authorities, but at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, at the end of our life, the ultimate leader, the ultimate captain is God himself. God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the sustainer of the universe. He's the one who's the captain of the ship. He's the one who we are, are, are to be loyal to and obedient to. It's him and his word. Look at verse 5. We're to keep time. Look at verse 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time. The time until the Lord, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. My question to you this morning, White Oak Baptist Church, is are, are you marching to the beat of your own drum? Or are you marching to the beat of God's drum? Now, think about it for a minute. I, well, you know, well, I want to do it this way, and I want to make sure it happens at this time, and, and, I, and I want it done this way, and, and God says, no, 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 I'm leading through the pastor to go in this direction. Well, I don't want to do it. That's not the way we've always done it. Well, I want to do it this way, and you're marching to the beat of your own drum. You're not marching to the beat of God's drum. <laughs> Are y'all with me this morning? We have to understand, all of us can get that way. All of us, including myself. I remember as an assistant pastor in Baltimore, Maryland, in Rosedale Baptist Church, there were times when Pastor Tool would say to me, uh, okay, uh, Brother Morales, I need you to do this, and, and we're going to go in this direction, or I've made this decision, and, and I would just sit back and say, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I wouldn't tell him, of course, okay? Uh, I wouldn't say it to him. Just say, think to myself, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, why are we doing that? Uh, why are we going in that direction? And why is this decision being made? Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, my responsibility was to submit to his authority. That's what God is going to hold me accountable for. God's not going to hold me accountable for the decision he makes. God's going to hold me accountable for my decision to submit to the decision that he makes. Uh, are y'all with me this morning? And so we need to submit to the Lord through the leadership he's given us, uh, not try to dictate, not try to determine the direction of the ship. 
and the vessel and the craft. Hey, let him do that. Let God dictate that. Let God determine the direction. March to the beat of his drum, not our own drum. Uh, we need to keep time. Number two, under uh, the definition of a servant, we need to keep together. We need to keep together. Now, if I take, uh, okay, and some of these uh, these oars and these galley ships, obviously were a lot longer than this. Uh, some, you know, they had up, up upwards of 150 of these men on several different layers. And these oars would be, you know, 30 to 40 feet long. It would take more than just one person uh, to get that thing going. So they would put usually two or three men on one oar. Now, if we're to keep together, okay, if we're under rowers, we're the Huperites, we're the, the, uh, the ministers of Christ. If we're, uh, our hands are on the oar and the captain has given the order, hey, let's command, let's move forward, start propulsion, start rowing. Listen, if I start pushing and the, the guy, two, two fellows down from me, he starts pulling, uh, th- we're going to have problems. Uh, are you understand what I'm saying? It's not going to work. Uh, let's just pretend that I'm pulling and this guy's pushing and the guy between us is falling asleep. I'm telling you, sometimes it's like that in church work. Sometimes it's like that in, in, in God's house. Sometimes it's like that with the other ministers of the Lord. You know, one's pulling, one's pushing. The other one could care less. He's falling asleep. You know, listen, let's make sure we're working together. Let's, let's, if it's time to push, let's push. If it's time to pull, let's pull. If it's time to slow down, let's slow down. If it's time to speed up, let's speed up. If it's time to stop, let's stop. You see, we're keeping together, we're keeping in unity, we're keeping in harmony, we're working one with another. Uh, Let's stop trying to force our way, and let's just say, Lord, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Hey, let's let him have his way. Uh, Let's do the Lord's work in cooperation with the others that we're working with at White Oak Baptist Church. So we're to keep together. Now, um, let's look at a verse real quick. Look at verse number one, if you will. Verse number one of 1 Corinthians 4. It says, let a man so account of, what's the next word? Y'all awake this morning? Come on. All right, here we go. Let's do this together. Here we go. You ready? Uh, let a man so account of, what's the next word? Uh, us. Amen. All right. So, so it's plural. It's more than one. You're with me, right? It's more than one. Uh, as of the ministers, plural, of Christ. Uh, two words, plural, of the mysteries of God. Verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards, plural, that a man be found faithful. It's us. It's ministers. It's stewards. It's a group thing. It's us together pulling and pushing and propelling and doing the work of the Lord, moving his kingdom forward together. It's not a one-man show. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the pastor and the assistants. It's not just the pastor and the assistants and the deacons. It's not just the pastor and the assistants, the deacons and the Sunday school teachers. It's everybody doing their part. Everybody. Even the young people have a part to play. Uh, the teenagers have a part to play. Uh, the middle-aged, the young, the young uh, uh, adult people, uh, the elders, everyone has a part to play. If you weren't here for su- the Sunday school hour, uh, your pastor has put together a program where everyone can contribute. Everyone. And let's make sure we put the hands, put our hands to the oar. Start rowing. Start rowing. Start working. Well, I don't like the way the ship's going. Keep rowing, man. Stop worrying about where the ship's heading and just do your job. 
do what you're supposed to do, be an under rower, be that minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the definition of a minister, uh, a minister or a servant rather, a servant should be, he should keep in time, he should keep together. Letters say he should keep trusting. Keep trusting. Now by this I mean stay humble. Uh, stay humble. Don't, don't let your head get so big uh, that man, no one, you, you do no good to anyone. Man, you, you start thinking you're the best thing since sliced bread, and and, and man, you're, the, the church would go under without you. And uh, I want to say several things, but I'm not going to. Um, there's people in my church that at times would think, man, if I weren't here, man, if I've been here for 50 years, and if it weren't for me, I say, you know what? The church was here before me. Uh, the church is going to be here after me. Uh, unless the Lord takes us to heaven, praise God, that would be awesome. Uh, but listen, it's not about me. By the way, it's not about you. It's all about him. It's all about him. He, he is building his church. Uh, he uh, is the one that gets the glory. Uh, to God be the glory. Great things he have done. Uh, not great things we have done. Uh, we need to understand that these under rowers, these ministers, these humanities, man, they were stuck to that ship. Uh, they didn't get the glory. Uh, when that ship was victorious in battle or when that ship arrived to whatever destination, uh, no one says, man, you guys got the greatest under rowers ever. No, no, no. Nobody applauded them. Everyone applauded the captain of the ship. The captain got the glory. The captain got the recognition. The captain got the reward. The captain got uh, uh, the, all eyes were on the captain. See, if, if, a, if a, an under rower uh, is, is uh, somewhere uh, above that, that galley area, that, that, that bottom of that ship, if he's above, first of all, he's not where he's supposed to be. Uh, and second of all, he's not doing his job. If he's out there on the top of the ship saying, hey, did you see how I rode, man? Did you see what I did? Look at me! Patting himself on the back, breaking his arm, trying to pat himself on the back. Listen, if, if that's what's happening, he's not doing his job. She's not doing her job. They're not where they're supposed to be. There's people that will say, well, why didn't they schedule me to sing on Sunday morning? Don't they know how well I can sing? I got a great voice. Doesn't they, don't they realize that? Well, why didn't pastor pick me to teach that class? Doesn't he know I know the Bible inside and out? I could, I could teach better than so-and-so. That's a person that's trying to give their attention uh, to themselves instead of giving attention and glory to the Lord. And every church has people like that. Every church. And I'm, I'm imploring you. I'm begging you. Don't be like that. Be an under rower, man. Put your hand to the oar and get to work. Be that worker bee. Stay busy for the Lord. Let the Lord handle all of the direction and the destination and all those things. And make sure that God gets the glory. Listen. If, if a, uh, uh, if, if a, if a under rower was up there doing that, that person was not where they were supposed to be. They weren't doing their job. They were trying to steal glory from the captain. When we do that, we're stealing glory from the Lord. Look at verse 2 again. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful. Man, you got a, you got a bunch of faithful people here in this church. I've only been here a few days, and I've met several people that have been here for decades Decades through various several pastors. And I mean, they've just been faithful to the Lord, faithful to his house, faithful to the ministry, faithful to the, to the work that's happening here. Man, praise the Lord for that. Uh, we need we need to all be that way. We need to all be faithful to the Lord and make sure he gets the, the, the recognition 
and the glory that he so rightfully deserves. Uh, let's continue. Uh, we see that the definition of a servant, uh, he should be keeping time. He should be keeping together. He should be keep, uh, keep trusting. Uh, and then letter D, he should keep tugging. Keep tugging. And by that, I mean just keep on rowing. Okay, look at verse number nine. <clears throat> verse number nine. For I think that God had set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were appointed to, what's the next word there? Death. As appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. Now listen, they said, uh, he's made us apostles. Hey, we're in this till death do us part. Christianity is not measured in years. Christianity is measured in decades. And listen, I don't want to be a flash in the pan. I don't want to be all excited and on fire for God for five years, for a few years, for ten years. No, 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 no. I want to be excited. I want to be on fire for God. I want to be doing service of the Lord till the day I die. Are y'all with me this morning? I've told our church, I said, if I'm still here, when I pass, I said, uh, you're going to see... And wherever I might be, whoever's around me, they're going to see an old, beat up, worn out, just absolutely destroyed old man. Because I want to wring out my life for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give him every ounce of energy I have. I want to take everything I have and just wring it all out for the kingdom of God. So when I'm done, man, I'm just worn out. That's how I plan to be if the Lord allows me to live to to be uh, older and 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever, whatever you consider old. Amen. Uh, I'm 41. I feel I feel like I'm 80 at times. Anyway, uh, listen, we need to make sure that we just keep on keeping on, keep on keeping on, keep on keeping on. Hey, you're going through some trials. You're going through some valleys. Keep on tugging. Keep on serving. Keep on working. Hey, you're going through some difficulties in your life. Is there a relational struggle? Is there a financial reversal? Is there things in your life that are discouraging you? Keep on tugging, keep on working, keep on going. You know, the mountaintop is coming. If you're in the valley, there's a mountaintop coming. Eventually, the mountaintop will come. I hope and pray that the mountaintop comes before you get to heaven. But listen, if that's the mountaintop, that's the greatest mountaintop we can get. Are y'all with me? That's the greatest mountaintop, but it's coming. I guarantee you it's coming. Uh, if we live 50, 60, 70, 80, if we're fortunate, 90, if we're really fortunate, if we live that many years, listen, none of that can compare to the wonder, the beauty, the awesomeness, uh, the bliss that we'll have in heaven for all of eternity. All of eternity. Hey, let's give God all we've got while we're here. Let's give him all we've got because once we're, once we leave this earth, it's over. We cannot serve in this capacity any longer. We can't come back. Uh, we can't hand out another tract. Uh, we can't give more. We can't do anything else once we leave this earth. He says we're appointed to this unto death. Then he says we are made a spectacle. A spectacle. Uh, okay, I, I look in the congregation. I see there's people that wear glasses. Uh, I see, I'm sure there may be even some people here that have contact lenses on. Uh, needless to say, uh, you require those spectacles to see better spectacles. Now, we don't call glasses spectacles, but that could be a, a synonym for the word glasses. Spectacles, spectacles. Spe- we are made a spectacle unto the world. People see the Lord. People see the word. People see Christianity through our life. Through your life. 
through your behavior, your conduct, the way you respond, the way you talk, the way you conduct yourself, the way you spend your money, the way you invest your time. People see the Lord and his work through you and through me. We're made a spectacle. Now, my question to you this morning is, if everyone at White Oak Baptist Church gave the way you give, would, we, would you be able to keep the doors open? If everybody gave the way you gave, if everybody witnessed the way you witness, if everybody handed out tracts the way you hand out tracts, if everybody studied the Bible the way you study the Bible, if everybody prayed the way you pray, if everybody was just like you, what kind of church would there be at White Oak Baptist Church? Now, for some of you, you probably say, oh, it'd be a pretty good church. I mean, not to, you know, sound my own horn or toot my own horn or, or, or be proud, but man, I try to do the best I can in those areas uh, in service to the Lord. Uh, we probably have a decent church. Some of you are probably thinking, well, you know, I need some improvement. I need to work a little better or a little harder. I need to try a little more and I need to be more consistent. Hey, listen, we're here this morning to encourage all of us to be ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be faithful under rowers, worker bees. Keep on working. Keep time with the Lord. Uh, keep together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, keep trusting. Don't get too proud. And keep on tugging on that oar. We see the definition of a servant. Uh, and let's move on to the next point. We see the description of support. The description of support. Uh, under that, we see mentoring. Mentoring. Look at verse number 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I write not these things to shame you. But as my beloved sons, I warn you, I warn you, for though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Hey, listen, Paul is telling them, hey, I, I've led some of you, some of you to Christ. I, I've, I've been there for you. I've tried to encourage you. I've tried to uh, 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 instill in you Bible knowledge and, and spiritual encouragement. I'm there for you. And I, since I love you and I care about you, I'm going to warn you. And help you to see your faults. The Bible says that uh, open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Someone who loves you and cares about you, uh, they're going to tell you when you have food stuck in your teeth. Y'all with me? Listen, if I have food stuck in my teeth, please tell me. Okay, I don't want to walk around uh, with a green piece of lettuce hanging out of my mouth. Uh, Are y'all with me? You ever been there where you found something? It's like, man, how long has that been there? Is anyone else like me? Are y'all awake this morning? Okay. And I think, man, how come no one mentioned anything to me? I look in the mirror and say, oh, man, I, how long? I don't know who all saw that. Uh, listen, someone that loves you will tell you, hey, brother, hey, sister, maybe you should check this here. Or maybe you should, you know, correct that there. Or, or have you considered this? And, boy, it seems like, you know, you're, you're struggling. And it seems like, man, man, you've been missing. And where you been, man? And, and it seems like you're distancing from the Lord. And, and what's going on, man? Let me, let me help you. Let me encourage you. That's what a person that cares about you will do. They will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Are you all with me? And that's what the Apostle Paul is doing here. He's saying, hey, what you need to hear is you need to be faithful to the Lord instead of being faithful to your little schisms, uh, your little cliques, uh, your little, uh, little divisions that you have. Hey, be faithful to Christ and Christ alone. We see mentoring. Uh, we also see modeling. Look at verse 16. The Apostle Paul not only uh, told them what was wrong, But he showed them or tried to show them what was right. Verse 16. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Uh, He's saying, hey, 
Follow my lead. Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I try to, to, to lead you to be more spiritual and, and not uh, be uh, carnal. And, and help me to, to uh, follow me as I try to help you to become more of what God would have you to be. Uh, look at verse number, look at verse number 17, if you will. Verse number 17. He says, For this cause have I sent unto you Tim- Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. I'm trying to help every Christian to grow closer to the Lord. I'm trying to help every person to become a Christian. And every Christian to become more mature and more spiritual. Man, I'm trying to help everyone. I'm not only uh, mentoring, I'm also modeling. And then lastly, we see a meeting. We see a meeting. Uh, he warns them about their behavior. Uh, he tries to model the, the right behavior before them. And then he says, hey, I'm going to come see you. Hopefully, I don't have to correct you when I come see you. Look at verse number 18. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 18. We're almost done. Now, some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. But I will come to you surely, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Look at verse 21. What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love? Uh, and in the spirit of meekness. Hey, I don't want to come to you and have to correct you and, and straighten you out. And uh, take this letter that I'm sending you and straighten yourself out. So when I get there, uh, man, everything's going good. Everything's going well. And you're doing the right thing. And, and we can rejoice together. And, and we can just uh, just rejoice in the Lord one another and encourage each other. I don't want to have to come and, and, and straighten things out and correct and discipline and chastise. Hey, hey, fix it. Fix it. Fix it. The division. The schism. Uh, the, the, the clicks. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Uh, hey, stop thinking you're something that you're not. Fix it. Hey, quit. Quit uh, excluding other people. Fix it. Uh, hey, quit trying to uh, make other people feel like they're not welcome. Fix it. Hey, make sure you do your best to encourage everyone. You do your best to be welcoming. You do your best to be encouraging. You do your best to have harmony and unity If you want to reach the full potential that God has for you, you need to live in harmony with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. If you want your church to reach its full potential for the Lord, you must live in unity and harmony with one another. How can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, again, I understand and you know that you're not going to agree on every single little thing. But listen, we're going to agree on the majors. The major things, we're the major things, hey, we stand together. The major things, the doctrinal stuff, hey, we're going to see eye to eye. There's going to be some gray areas. There's going to be some some standard. There's going to be some meat offered to idols type stuff that, okay, you know, you do it that way. I'll do it this way. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Hey, you regard that day. I don't necessarily regard it. No big deal. No big deal. The main things, let's have, let's make sure we're together. The minor things, let's make sure that we're gracious. Let's make sure that we're loving. Let's make sure that we realize he's the captain. I'm just an under roar. I'm just a, uh, a minister. I'm going to put my hands to the oar. I'm going to keep on rowing. I'm going to keep on rowing. I'm going to keep on rowing. And God says, row faster. I'm going to row faster. If God says, row slower. I'm going to row slower. If God says, stop rowing, I'm going to stop. If God says, start up, I'm going to start back up. Listen, I'm going to do the job that God has called me to do. The the job that God has called all of us to do 
to be the under rowers, to be the servants, the ministers of Christ. Hey, it's not about a title. It's not about a position. It's not about people looking at us and applauding us. That's not what it's about. Hey, let's get that out of our minds. If we do what God has called us to do, then God will be able to say to us when we get to heaven, well done, thou good and faithful servant, minister of Christ, under rower. Hey, you've done what I asked you to do. You kept rowing. You followed my lead. You've been faithful. Let's make sure that we are attempting, we're attempting to live in such a way that God will say that to us. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you.